Well, hello, everybody. This is Greg Wareham with Your Mortgage Process. So welcome, everybody, back to the show. So when I think about iconic places in New Jersey, there's really several places that come to mind for me. There's Hoboken, kind of that fast-paced, youth, youthful, urban life, home famously to Frank Sinatra, Liberty State Park, where the Statue of Liberty is. For those of you listening outside of the New Jersey, New York area, the Statue of Liberty is, in fact, in New Jersey, not New York. Uh, the boardwalks of Point Pleasant, Seaside, Wildwood, Tranquility of LBI. And all these places are amazing parts of the Garden State. But when I think of music, culture, art, diversity, and overall progressiveness, I think of Asbury Park. I mean, you look, you have the Stone Pony there. They have their inside, their outside venues. And you may even see Bruce Springsteen show up for a cameo there. There's music, music festivals, New Jersey Hall of Fame, film festivals, iconic Tilly drawn in 1956, in case everybody didn't know. There's the beach and Cookman, food, everything. And it's all right there at your fingertips. You know, and as you may know, Asbury did see some darker times a few decades ago as it had to compete against other shore communities, right? It was really hopping in the early 30s, 40s, 50s, and then started to settle down and go a little bit dark as the competition started to increase. But since 2002, Asbury has been in the midst of a complete cultural political, and economic revival. Truly a renaissance going on there. Uh, it's truly become an epicenter for art, entertainment, and equality. You know, my wife Rachel and I were there on Father's Day with my oldest daughter, Faith. Uh, as everyone may know, I have four kids, and Faith was the only one that wanted to go out with Dad. But that's a whole other story for a different time. And we're just taking it in, and they have the farmer's markets, all the energy there. It's really an intangible energy, and it's hard to explain unless you've been there. And we do go there very frequently. When you look at the real estate market in Asbury, it's just exploded with multi-million dollar Waterview properties. This is just truly beautiful. And today, I want to welcome our guest today, who's an expert in Asbury Park and the real estate there, and more importantly, the community of Asbury Park, Mr. Andre Stefano. Andre, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Greg, for having me. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, of course. Anytime. I like your glasses. Thank you very much. <laughs> so give us a little bit about your background. So my background, personally, I grew up in West Long Branch, so very nearby. So I'm a Jersey boy through and through. Born and bred, beach boy, you know, love spending every Saturday and Sunday on the beach I possibly can. We get so few summer months. That's it's great so to soak up the sun. I right. you know, got a good tan going so far. So that's a plus. Um, so I grew up in West Long Branch, went to Monmouth, went to Shore Regional, you know, so I was born and bred pretty much in the area my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, left very, very briefly, was up in Jersey City, Hoboken area for, uh, you know, some school. But otherwise, I always found my way back. And you know, now I'm living in Asbury, loving it. It's it's amazing. I mean, it's a great, great city. So much to offer. So, How long have you been living there for? I've actually only been there. I actually moved there from Long Branch. So I'm a fairly new resident, but uh -huh. I'm soaking it up and fitting right in. So it's great. Why'd you move to Asbury? I just, the culture, and I'm sure we'll get into it. The culture yeah. is great. Um, the community there is so inclusive. It's amazing. And, you know, it's just a great place to be. There's so much to offer. You know, Long Branch is a great city as well, but it's very sort of chopped up in the sense that you have Pier Village and then outside of that, there's not much else. Sure. Whereas Asbury is a much more cohesive city. So sure. I just felt it was a great move. I mean, there's a lot to offer as far as food, as far as shopping, as far as music, obviously, the beach. So it just really incorporates everything I love. Sure. That's fantastic. Yeah. 
What? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself personally. So personally, as I said, I grew up in West Long Branch. Um, have a brother; he's twenty-four. Yep. My parents, um, you know, actually are selling their house, so that's a little sad. But uh-huh. you know, we're working on that too. Um, personally, my yeah, my boy, I have my boyfriend Philip. We live in Asbury. We just love to be outdoors, kayaking, swimming, hiking, just really outdoorsy, not camping. That's kind of the line I draw. What do you mean? Are you like- <laughs> not, not a big fan of sleeping on the dirt, you know? I mean, it's uh, yeah, just not my vibe. But I mean, ultimately, if it was in an RV and maybe glamping, so to speak, right. that might, uh, might change my tune a little bit. <laughs> so being an active member of the Asbury Park community, let's talk a little bit about the history yeah, of Asbury Park. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll kind of chime in uh, first with that. So Asbury Park was founded in 1971 by a gentleman named Francis Asbury. And he was the Methodist bishop who founded Ocean Grove uh, a couple years prior to that. And, and I bring that one up just because if you've ever been to Ocean Grove, which I don't even know, is it even technically part of Asbury? It's or they part of think? Neptune Township, actually. It's all part of Neptune Township, technically. Well, right? Asbury is its own city. Okay. Um, but Neptune Township incorporates Shark River Hills, which is that one section, beautiful section. That's probably my next move, honestly. And okay. then Ocean Grove would also be part of Neptune Township. The thing that was most striking to me, and why I brought it up with Ocean Grove, is I'm originally from New England. So we spent okay. a lot of time on Martha's Vineyard. Right. And there's a town on Martha's Vineyard called Oak Bluffs. When I first went to Ocean Grove, it's the exact same city right, with wow. the central tabernacle. You walk in, it looks exactly like uh, Oak Bluffs, uh, and it's just really stunning. And, and I bring that to our attention because Oak Bluffs, as is Asbury Park, were epicenters for social equality dating all the way back to the 1900s. And moving on to the 1930s, 30s and 1940s. I know you got a little bit of background of the history of the town of Asbury. Right. Yeah, no, I do. And there's always been a community there, even prior to it being sort of the epicenter. I mean, back at the turn of the century, I know um, you mentioned Francis Asbury. William Bradley, who actually also found Bradley Beach, bought acreage in Asbury Park and figured, you know, this would be a great place to set up a seashore town to have a beach resort. And um, they have Bradley Park still in the middle of Asbury, right in front of Convention Hall. Sure. But it's a it's a great cohesive city, and it's very eclectic in the style of everyone there. There's, it's a great melting pot. Um, I think it's a really good representation of you know Jersey and the area in, in general. But um, yeah, Asbury has always been a part of the community. I mean, as far as dating back as far as the 30s, there was um, an actual lesbian bar that's now currently Bond Street. So that was always something. And even still, when Asbury kind of went through its phase of the dark ages, as some people call it, um, there was always sort of a community there, even when it wasn't safe from a perspective. It was always an inclusive space that people felt that they could be themselves, they could be truly authentic. And it was just, it's an awesome place. I think it's always held up that way and it's just gotten better over the years. Yeah, and you look at the influence of the LGBTQ community has always been there since, to your point, uh, Andre, since the 1930s. And it's also been an epicenter for equality with African-American music. There are a lot of famous African-American musicians that were allowed to play there in the, in the 30s and the 40s. And as I mentioned from the beginning, they have had tough times uh, prior to about 20 years ago. And it's just went through this amazing revitalization of this renaissance. What do you attribute that to? I think I attribute to a lot of things. Um, There's definitely influence from the administrations that were in office. You know, the first revitalization plan, there's about 
I would say about six in place right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the first one started in 1984 mm -hmm. um, and was amended in 87 and then again in 91. And so that's the waterfront plan. And I think that's what really kicked everything off. But there's also the Main Street Re Revitalization Plan, which started in 2008. There is the Springwood that started right around 2004. And so all these are really, really integral to, I think, the revitalization of the city as a whole, not so much as just a beachfront. So I think a lot of towns take it from a perspective where when they're trying to revitalize, take Atlantic City, for example. Sure. Atlantic City has done a, an amazing job revitalizing the boardwalk. Have you ever been off the boardwalk in Atlantic City? You can't leave the boardwalk. It's not a great place to be. Yeah. And Asbury has really sort of taken that aspect and sort of turned it on its head in the sense that they've really tried to make it a really cohesive city where everything is sort of being revitalized and not just bits and pieces. Sure. So they put in some extensive plans back in the 80s, 90s, 2000s. And I think, as you mentioned, 2002 was really the part where it kind of kicked off and people started seeing, hey, there's something going on here. We should really take a look at this. From an investment standpoint, I mean, so the way I divide Asbury Park typically is by four quadrants. There's a northeast quadrant, mm -hmm. northwest quadrant, the southwest and the southeast. Okay. The northeast is probably spanning from Deal Lake Drive, which is actually where I am, um, great area. So you're basically overlooking Deal Lake into Allenhurst, Lock Arbor, that area, to about Fifth Ave, I would say. Um, and home prices there are still relatively, you can get condos there for under 300000 if you're really looking for them. And then you have the northwest section, which sort of spans Main Street to like Wicapeco Drive in Wanamassa okay. and Interlaken. That area, too, typically tends to be a bit higher. You know, you're looking at home prices there in like about the $500,000 range. Then you have the southeast, which spans about 4th Ave to about the border of Ocean Grove. Mm -hmm. And that area has really been interesting because that's where we've been seeing the most development lately. As far as the Asbury Ocean Club, the Asbury Hotel, you know, the Berkeley Carterets a little bit sort of spanned in between both of those. But the 4th Avenue Pavilion, all that stuff has really kind of made its epicenter and is kind of quintessential south well, southeast Asbury Park. And then southwest is really interesting because that's the part that kind of spans Neptune Township. That's the border. And that hasn't necessarily seen its day yet. I think it'll happen, but it's still definitely something where there's some there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And, and that's, that's getting closer to the railroad tracks, right? Right, correct. Okay. So that's the Springwood revitalization plan. That one went into effect probably in about 2004. Okay. Um, or actually 2008, I believe it was. And it was amended a few times. And what's fascinating about that one, whereas the other two were amended, the waterfront and sort of the Main Street plan were amended a few times. The Springwood plan has been amended so many times. And every time it's amended, it gets pushed out further and further towards the Neptune border, mm -hmm. which is really interesting so originally it ended at the Atkins Ave um, border, and then it sort of went to Ridge Road, or Ridge Avenue rather, and that sort of encompasses all of Asbury Park at this point. So they really have plans to take on a big chunk of Asbury and leave sure. very little of it to sort of its demise and sort of what it used to be. So when you look at some of the waterfront things that are going on there, that like the huge glass building that they put up... Side story, we're, I'm down there with Rachel, we're walking around, she's saying, Greg, this is where we're going to retire. Yeah. 
I go, okay. How about, she's like, how about this building? I go, well, why don't you check the price tag on those? They're like $3 million units. Yeah, I have friends in there. And I was okay. actually, I spent a lot of time there by the pool. It's a great, it's a great area. I mean, it's awesome. But the Asbury Ocean Club is definitely the place to be if you're in Asbury. For okay. Sure. okay. Yeah. How's everybody feel about that big building they put there? It's a divide, you know. It's always divisive when people come in and develop. I think there's always, you know, on the Facebook pages and things, the locals and the diehard Asbury Puritans, I would say, feel as though it's sort of gentrification and it's taking away from the city itself. And But I think they've done a really good job at sort of incorporating both the modern aspects and the traditional aspects as well like they've res- preserved convention hall which is a beautiful so building yeah. um the berkeley carteret um which i don't know if you know but johnny cash and june cash were actually like pivotal parts of that revitalization of the berkeley carteret back in the 80s i didn't know that yeah so they put some money into that so there's a lot of rich culture in the area and i think it spans further outside of new jersey on a national level mm-hmm. i mean I can't think of another place that in New Jersey specifically that kind of integral takes an integral part of music and puts that, especially the beachfront aspect of it. You know, you have the Stone Pony, which is a legendary stage. You have the summer stage there. You have House of Independence. So some really big names have played. And I think, you know, people automatically go to Bruce Springsteen or Bon Jovi. And those people obviously are legends in their own right. But there's so many local musicians that are getting you know, really recognized and really kind of coming up in the city that I think that's something really to be said, that it's sort of a breeding ground for a lot of these local musicians to really get on a national stage. That's fantastic. I mean, even from the film, they have a film festival there every year. Uh, the next one, I think it's in March of next year. There's the tattoo festival. There's like, I mean, anything that you need. Yeah, it's there. all there. I mean, it really is a cohesive city. And like I said, I'm really excited to see where it goes. But um Touching back on what you were saying about how the locals feel, I think a lot of them are sort of angry about the fact that, so Madison Marquette is the developer. They bought it in 2008. They own pretty much the whole boardwalk. They manage Convention Hall. They manage the Fourth Ave Pavilion, uh, the casino, the carousel building. And then outside of that, there's a local developer that does most of the Cookman revitalization. Um, But Madison Marquette is interesting case because recently, I think within the last year or so, there was some talk about how they're not necessarily holding up their end of the bargain. They're letting things kind of fall to the wayside as Mm -hmm. far as maintenance goes, as far as kind of keeping up with making sure the buildings stay, you know, prim and proper. And I think that's something that the locals are also not happy about because, Mm -hmm. you know, when you grow up in the city and you are so familiar with this one area and then someone kind of comes in and says, no, we're going to do it this way. Sure. At the very least, you're saying, okay, well, that's unfortunate, but at least they're going to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. And I think with them not being able to keep up with that, that's something that I think angers the locals as well because they feel, well, we gave our whole city basically to this corporation and they're not really doing their end of the bargain. Now, are they also doing that construction? I noticed uh, when you're walking towards Cookman, there's new condo developments they're putting out waterview condos that's actually a k of nannian okay building so k of nannian has actually also been there's two developers i would say that have been really integral in the asbury park revitalization rather um you have iStar who started the asbury ocean club so they built that building so i don't know if you remember back in the 90s 
there was the Esperanza, okay. which was um, sort of an undertaking that when the revitalization first happened, a developer came in and took up this building where the Ocean Club stands now, built the foundation, and then basically ran out of money. And they left it abandoned for a really, really long time. So mm -hmm. it was an eyesore that no one wanted to look at. And I think throughout the years, a lot of other developers tried to stat take a stab at it. But ultimately, iStar came in, finished the project. They own another, I believe, five acres throughout Asbury Park. But then Nannian, actually across from the Asbury Ocean Club, is going to be starting another project. I want to say it's 140 units mm -hmm. of luxury condos. And then they also own the Cove, which sold out very quickly. I had clients looking there. Sure. Um, you know, I had clients at the Asbury Ocean Club that I've sold, but I've sold people in Long Branch. And I think cohesively, a lot of people feel as though Asbury is a much better place to be right now. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think five, 10 years ago, Long Branch would have been sort of okay. the go-to spot. So okay, it's makes definitely sense. changed, yeah. So we have the, we have the KHOV and other management companies yep. that have come in uh, financially to bankroll the development. Right. Obviously, they're making money out of it as well. Of you know, how big of a role does the LGBTQ community play? Huge part, huge part. So I think that was sort of a pinnacle of when Asbury started. So that you have the waterfront redevelopment side, but then, and then you have all the revitalization plans in place by the city. But outside of that, you also have, and specifically, I would say fourth and third have our great example of this. There's sort of a weird section where there's a middle ground where the city hasn't really touched it. And I think back in the 80s and 90s, the community came in and really took that and said, we can buy here cheap and we can make this a great place. Right. So if you drive down fourth towards, um, would that be Ridge? Ridge Avenue. You'll see, I mean, the beautiful Victorian oh, yeah, capes that have been all revitalized bungalows, and restored. Everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's really pinnacle too, because not only from a housing perspective, but from a business perspective, yeah. I can think of four businesses off the top of my head that are all LGBTQIA mm -hmm. owned. And that's really important too, because not only is it sort of your part of the community, but you're really a pillar of the community at that point. Sure. And not only in the community, but in the general public too. So I know we had talked about this off the air, but I think um, Chef Pettibone, who was Madonna's producer, he was yeah. responsible for, I believe, the Immaculate Collection. There's a huge, like, various repertoire of music he's held, like from Patti Lapone, and, you know, there's just yeah. huge names that there's he's worked There's a big, big with. producer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So in 98, he bought the um, what's now Paradise and the Empress Hotel. Right. The hotel didn't open until 2004, but the the uh, nightclub itself was there and he opened that and that was a big flocking place because ultimately there's Georgie's on the other side of 4th Avenue yeah. and that's really popular too but there was really no club per se yeah. and there was really no place to go. Well you figure that's out. a big name person coming into the right. community with big money yeah. and big uh, extensive network of people right. coming in and, and purchasing the property. Exactly. I got a question for you. Yeah. So why does it seem that everywhere that the LGBTQ community goes, everything gets better in the area? We just have that impact, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I guess it's just a talent we have. But the culture, the, the values, the community, like everything always enhances when the community comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what's, what's so special about the community? 
I think the community's great. And I mean, I think people go two ways with it because I think it's so important for everyone to feel as though they're included and inclusive in a community of people who are like-minded. Sure. And I think there's been so much struggle and so much pain in that community specifically. I mean, cheating all the way back prior to Stonewall in New York City. Mm -hmm. If you think about it from a perspective of where Asbury is actually located geographically, you're right in the middle of Philadelphia, which is a huge gay community. Um, mm -hmm. And then you're also in the middle of New York, so which also obviously has a huge sure. community as well. And so having that aspect has been really a pinnacle of sort of bringing Asbury back. Prior to that, I think Fire Island on in on Long Island was a really big piece of it. Providence sure. Town in Massachusetts, sure. but all these places are very small. They don't have the inclusivity, and they don't have necessarily, from an architectural standpoint and a geographical standpoint, they don't have the size that Asbury is able to offer. So I think well, that's a good point. I mean, geographically, it's a big town. When it you is. go to P Town, it's just a small. I've been there a bunch of times. It's like it's a four small blocks, area. yeah. Right. And Fire <laughs> Island's the same way. I mean, yeah. you have the ferry, and then that's about it. But I think Asbury speaks to that because you have Cookman, you have the waterfront, you have right. Lake Avenue, you have Deal Lake Drive. So there's a lot to offer, and I think it offers geographically a lot of different places. I know I'm an avid kayaker, so I yeah. kayak all the time. I'm going later this afternoon into uh, Deal Lake, and I'm going to kayak in there with some uh -huh. friends. And it's just a great place to be. It's so tranquil and peaceful, and it just it really uh, you know transcends that. You, you mentioned like-minded and uh, tolerance, acceptance, inclusion. You know, what do you think bonds the community together? I think just like I said, the struggle and pain that they've gone through and sure. knowing sort of when, you know, you're in a place where I mean, I came out when I was 21. So I mm -hmm. was a little bit older than most people, but some people do come out when they're 50, 60, you know, and some people come out when they're 13, 14 years old. So there's really no right or wrong answer to it. But the one thing everyone has in common is that's a scary, scary place sure. um, to not be able to be yourself and be who you are authentically and truly. Mm -hmm. I think that really, it messes with you and it really brings you into a mentally place where you don't know. I mean, you have to have good people supporting you. I'm very blessed to have a really great support system between my partner, between my family, my friends. You know, I was fully embraced when I came out, but I think a lot of people don't have that. And having people who are able to support you in the way that they're able to kind of be your family when maybe you don't have one, and, yeah. or, or maybe that family disowns you, unfortunately, because it happens, that's really important. And I think having, you know, Paradise and Georgie's and um, even to some extent Watermark, that's LGBTQ owned as well. Yeah. It's uh, it's really important to have that impact because, you know, people feel lonely and I don't, you never want to feel alone and you never want to feel as though you are going through it alone. Sure. And I think that community really brings in the uh, the inclusivity that a lot of people need. And want. Sure, and a lot of understanding because that Absolutely. can be a very difficult uh, transition for someone to come out. It can. Right, depending to your point about the support system. You know, yeah. family's a big role of that, your friends, everything. Yeah, and that's so important. So, I'm yeah, I'm happy that Asbury has really incorporated that into sort of their revitalization. What do you, What do you think, divides the community at all? Like, where are people not on the same page? There's a lot of divisiveness in the community. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different people, too. I mean, sure. I think a lot of people put it as sort of a blanket statement of the community, but there's a lot of people who aren't necessarily into the whole going out, drinking, 
um, and really a party scene per se. There's you don't a, strike me as a party type guy. Um, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. actually allergic to alcohol, fun fact. Really? So I do go <laughs> all, alcohol, all alcohol, wine, everything. Everything. Okay. So I haven't drank since what 2015. I ironically, when I finished college, it sort of was like, okay, well now I'm done with this, so I don't have to really, uh, I don't really have to finish this. But okay. um, yeah, it's pretty bad hives and all that stuff. So oh. yeah, it's not worth it. But um, at the same time, you know, I still love going out and meeting new people. I'm obviously being in real estate. I'm an extrovert. So mm. I love meeting new people. I love, you know, having conversations, learning about different people's cultures. You know, that's really kind of what strikes me. That's what really gets me going. But ultimately, I think a, there's a lot of different people who maybe aren't so extroverted and have a smaller group of people. And um, the community can get a little divisive in the sense that it is very, um, for lack of a better term, clicky. Mm. Um, it does definitely have its share of people who aren't super inclusive and, you know, will say, oh, we're inclusive and we do all this. But and it's like high school, yeah. you know. It, it's it, like any community, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. And it's just, it's petty stuff. And right. I don't necessarily agree with it, but at the same time, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions. So I just kind of have my own group of people and I we sure. sort of just stay to ourselves. And, you know, we're always welcome to include new people in that group, but, um, you know, some people aren't as, as inclined. What do you think is a ridiculous stereotype of the community? I think a ridiculous, what is a ridiculous stereotype of the community? I mean, there's so many. I <laughs> Where do you start? The way that I think the we way got that, time. I think the way that, you know, gay men have been portrayed in sort of just movies, especially like in the early 2000s. Like if you've ever seen any of those campy movies in the 2000s, uh -huh. they're just so cringy. It's <laughs> awful. And I mean, I think there's a, that everyone is so flamboyant and, you know, feminine and there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't think everyone is that way. And I right. know for a fact they're not because I have friends who are and, and, you know, they don't strike you that way. But I think it's so important to understand that being gay isn't a personality trait it's not it's right. just not it's something it's that great happens. point just like being heterosexual isn't a personality trait it's just who you tend to love and there's nothing wrong with that and you know without getting super political i just don't understand the infatuation with shutting down you know lgbt rights and at the same time it doesn't affect your life move on like right. if, if i don't talk about your life don't talk about mine <laughs> You know, so well put, Andre. Yeah, absolutely. So Asbury's been known for its music since the early 1900s. We yeah. kind of alluded to it earlier. Why do you think it is? Why do you think it's such a hotbed for music? I don't know. I think there's something about being by the beach and having sort of that culture. It's always been there since the 20s and 30s where mm -hmm. I think through, through jazz. And like I said, yeah. the geographical location, I think, has a lot to do with it. There's a lot of people coming from New York and Philadelphia where back in the day that wasn't as accepted. Sure. And maybe this was a place where they can come and sort of feel like they're, they have a community of people who are, like I said, like-minded yeah. and have that sort of escapism and they're able to kind of really be themselves there, and it's sort of removed from that uh, that society that you know sort of um, embrace doesn't embrace that. Have you been to the Zombie Walk? Uh, I have been to the Zombie Walk. It's a pretty 
<clears throat> it's a pretty great event. I mean, it really is. I mean, I've been to the SantaCon. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a lot there that they offer. And I think that's part of it why Asbury is so great as well. It's because so eclectic. And it cool. is. It adds so much culture yeah. to the area. And, you know, culturally and architecturally, it's just it has such a storied history. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many beautiful buildings there. And the architecture itself is just something you'd be marveled And about. I would say people need to take the time to really look at the convention center and some of the purple inlay. And, like, the place is spectacular. Oh, yeah. And I did notice that they put, when I was there last week, I noticed that they put up a screen inside of it. And it must be getting ready to open it for... Uh, some type of a viewing, like a big movie screen they put oh, on the wow. inside. I didn't see, I was just there Saturday and Sunday and I didn't see that. It was behind the curtain. So I went to the bathroom there. Oh, was it and in was Paramount? Like, huh, okay. What's behind that black curtain? And of course, the guy then that will walk behind the black curtain and see what's going well, on. Well, you know what, too? It's funny because I think Paramount Theater was going through some, an overhaul recently as far as just some uh, light refreshes and mm -hmm. an overhaul of that. But I know Seahorse, which is a restaurant on the North side of the building just opened its outside mm. corridor. And I know Beach Bar is probably going to be next, which is cool because I know that's a really good place to go. So the unofficial gay beach in Asbury Park is between 5th and 4th Avenue. Okay. So right next to the Beach Bar. Um, and that's a place where, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's very inclusive too. I mean, there's families there. There's, you know, people of the community, people outside of it. Sure. So it's a really nice melting pot there. And um, they have, you know, the chair and umbrella. It's a nice walk-up bar right there too. Yeah, Beach Bar once yeah. it opens. And Fourth that Pavilion's there. You have Robinson Ale House. You have Iron Whale. You have Playa Bowls is right there. So there's a lot of great, you know, shops there. So great. It's great. So we're going to take a quick break. Again, Greg Wareham here with Andre Stefano, and we'll be right back at you, everybody. I'd like to thank today's sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by the Chat and Nibble, conveniently no located in Asbury Park, New Jersey, 932 Asbury Avenue. Some really great history about the Chat and Nibble. It was originally opened in 1984 by a chef named Dominic. Well, Dominic was a one-armed cook who gained a ton of popularity in the area based on how unique it was and the high quality of the food. It was then purchased by a lady named Mary who decided to come up with a creative way to market the Chat and Nibble, and she decided to start opening the store at midnight every night. And there used to be lines around the corner of people trying to get in. It's since been purchased by Christopher Gonzalez. The hours of operation are 7 a.m. to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Again, located at 932 Asbury Avenue in Asbury Park, New Jersey. You can reach them by phone, 732-755-5100. They're open seven days a week, and they only close on Christmas Day. So please, check out the chat and nibble. You certainly won't be disappointed. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Greg Wareham, again, with Your Mortgage Process, and our guest, Andre Stefano. Andre, I have a question for you about what you've seen in property values in Asbury Park over yeah. the past uh, five years. And I know that prices are up across the board. What are you seeing specifically in that area? Huge influx, uh, yeah. huge flux, influx of demand. A lot of people coming into the area from outside of New York City, Philadelphia. I think a lot of people want to get out of the big city and get more into like a sort of smaller city, um, which Asbury is a great aspect of. Sure. So I think property values on the east side have definitely risen to a point where I think it's really unattainable for a lot of people now. It sort of priced a lot of people out, and I think that's a lot of the reason why a lot of the locals are sort of angry as well, because right. you know they're getting priced out, and a lot of people are moving to Neptune. So I think that's a really integral part, too. 
I have friends that purchased way back when, probably 2001, 2002. Okay. They purchased on 4th Ave and they bought their house for like, I don't know, low 200s. And now it's worth like 1.1. 1. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good you know, for them. Yeah, talk about an investment. Talk yeah. about a great investment. Who you know? knew though, right? I yeah. mean, buying in Asbury Park 20 years ago was a yeah. different situation than it is today. It really is. And you look at, to your point about influx of uh, people coming in from outside the area. Let's take New York for an example. You can take the train into the city. Yeah, from hour Asbury. and a half. Hour and a half. You know, it's great. Hour and, and a half. So the train station right there. Yeah, even better. I mean, there's the ferry from New York to the Highlands, and you can take the Highlands, take an Uber to the Asbury, and you know, forty four minutes door point. to door. Yeah, twenty minutes to drive. So right. you're even like cut off thirty minutes or so. So it's so, great. So are there any? But we know there's a lot of construction. We had spoken about that. Yeah. Uh, where do you see the market going in that area? I think it'll continue to increase. I think the east side, as far as the northwest and north um, southeast side of it has definitely seen um i don't want to say a plateau because i think there is still movement there but i don't think it's going to appreciate and skyrocket to where it is now i think that once the kahov buildings go up once all that stuff happens i think we'll continue to see appreciation in terms of the buildings themselves like I mean, I have a friend, he does a lot in the Ocean Club as far as resale goes. So those buildings new, I mean, you're looking at probably anywhere from, I think a one bedroom is nine, like just under a million. Wow. And the three bedroom duplexes go up to about 3 million, 3.2, something right. like that. The resale now is skyrocketing. So like a two bedroom now is like 1.8 and, you know, you're looking at 2.4 for like a two bedroom and, you know, upwards of 3.5 into a... Uh, you know, a three bedroom. Yeah, so they still have their old signs on that building. I know. I know. <laughs> By so the way, where you can get in for less. They're like 90% yeah. sold out yeah. now. So it's crazy. But So from a, a consumer standpoint or any real estate agents with people looking to, to purchase in that marketplace, really the opportunity, and let's get big money to throw at it. Yeah. It's probably in the north side, right? Northwest, northeast? Um, Northwest, yeah. So you're still at about half a million in the northwest because okay. that border is sort of, like I said, that Wanamassa area, sure. which is also really desirable. But, um, you know, if you're looking from an investment standpoint, I would say Southwest is really your best bet right now okay. because Southwest is that Springwood area up to sort of Atkins Ave. And that also has those revitalization plans in place. You were mentioning they that, haven't yeah. done nearly as much as what I would anticipate mm. what they're going to do there. My only concern with that area specifically is I'm not really sure what the draw is as far as from a geographical standpoint, because you're kind of far from the beach and you're close to Neptune, but then again, you're closer to Bradley Beach there. Sure. So and Ocean Grove. So, so it's at a mile yeah, from the beach yeah, there. Yeah, give or take. I think. Okay. Yeah, just to give about a, maybe a mile and uh, a half or so. So anyone out looking to be close to the beach? I mean, a mile. Well, you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. get up on your bike and be there. In five Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there is still there. There's still a draw there. I mean, Neptune City too um, is definitely having some experience. I think that Neptune City at Bradley Beach border too is really desirable. That borders Asbury Park. So. Even in the Southwest section, there's still options, but from a yeah. resale perspective and also from just an investment perspective, yeah. rents are crazy there. So like you can certainly buy something for $400,000 that's sort of make, that's sort of turnkey already, right. rent it out for, you know, $2,800 a month. And that's wow. a pretty good cap rate, you know, yeah, no so you question still about have it. That, that ability to do that. And I've done that with a few clients in that Southwest section. Mm. I, um, just rented out or not rented out. I just sold someone or three people actually. Um, There's a new development that was put in. It's right on the border of Neptune and Asbury off the corner of Heck and Emery in Neptune Township. And they rented that out. And I think 
want to say 25 to 2700 for like a three bedroom. Hmm. So, and they bought three of them. So, and they're still by the beach and under 400,000 for new construction. It's unheard of. Wow. Are they, they're condo units? No, they're actually single family homes. They're attached. So they're duplexes. Okay. But, no HOA and anything like that. So there's, you're going to see a big push for that too yeah. with the multifamily properties. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually, you know, shameless plug of uh, market update. I'm going to talk about that on yeah. uh, something that'll air next week because the government is really invest. They're supporting multifamily properties being right. built right. through, uh, you know, from the top down. They're really going to incent towns to allow those multifamily properties to go in. Right, right. And I know second homes right now are really big, and I'm sure you can touch on this with yeah. as far as interest rates are pretty high on them, but a lot of people are still really desirable, and that's a big thing in Asbury, too. A lot of people technically in Asbury Park don't live there full-time. I know off the top of my head, I could think of at least 10 people that I know that have second homes there, live in mm-hmm. either the city, live in North Jersey, you know, because it is a great seaside resort and a retreat. And what's nice about Asbury is that it's really year round. So ultimately you can go there in the winter and there's still stuff to do. It's well, not, the restaurants don't close. Exactly. They're always, they're always open. Whereas sure. like something like Seaside Heights or, you know, Point Pleasant, everything there is very seasonal. So you're going to go there in before Memorial Day and you're going to be like, well, what am I going to do here? You know, I you can't know do and anything. to piggyback off your point about second homes from yeah. a mortgage lending standpoint, what happened in March of this year is the big agency that influences pricing on second homes, Fannie Mae. Yeah put these huge pricing adjusters oh, yeah, I saw that. out there and yeah. they're massive depending on how much you're looking to put down. So right. where a second home historically was priced from an interest rate standpoint, like a primary residence, they're now priced like an investment property. Right. Exactly. So, but at the end of the day on it, to your point about cap rate, if the cap rate's there, the cap rate's there. Exactly. If you're going to no, rent it. Absolutely. Or if you just want a beautiful seaside second home. Yeah. I mean, and it's still, like I said, there's still places that you're only a mile and a half from the beach that you can still get in at under $300,000 and you know even still if you if it's just you or just you and a partner you can buy a one bedroom on the northwest side and you know or northeast side rather for under you know the Santander Santander building uh, 400 mm. Dealick Drive they're about 2 3 blocks from the beach and i think they have units in there for under 300. Wow. So, you know, and there's there, still opportunity. There's still a lot of opportunity. And I think you have to know where to look for it. I mean, obviously have a good agent. And, and, but, um, it's <laughs> well, just, and from a revitalization standpoint, there's still money being sunk into that area absolutely. to continue to get it moving absolutely. in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful place to, to walk around. You know, what parks, what should people visit while they're there? Parks, farmers markets are there. Yeah, so I don't know if it's still going on now, but there's a really great farmers market that was on Cookman and Lake. So yeah. it was in that corner complex there. Definitely was there two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. So yeah, right next to. We got a great tie dye place, by the way. I bought a tie dye shirt. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Good. <laughs> good to know. I'll have to get on that. But um, <laughs> there, yeah, they're right next to Cross and Orange. They have a great farmers market. Yeah. Um, in conventional hall itself, I mean, it's not necessarily a seasonal thing either. I mean, there's those stores that are sort of built in the embankment of just like the corridor there that have some really great places. They have sidewalk sales all the time. So that's a really cool place to be. But then just even places on the boardwalk, like there's awesome, awesome spots there. Um, parks, you know, you have Bradley Park right there, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Sunset Park, which is a little bit further down, but they have a beautiful, tranquil area. They have like a bridge you can walk over and there's even a peninsula you can walk through. And then Deal Lake, I mean, is an awesome place to just walk around too. Yeah. I mean, there's some great places. Like I said, I'm an avid kayaker, so we kayak from Deal Lake. We go through, um, 
Asbury Park to the northwest side, and we like kind of just bank the channels there and sure. look around. And on the corner of uh, towards Deal, there's a what is it? Hollywood Golf Course. Okay. And that overlooks that from the U.S. I mean, there's a great glass blowing place. So if anyone wants oh, to... Oh, Hot Sands. Yeah. 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 My, my wife, Rachel, wants to glass blow. I had a friend that worked there. Yeah. yeah. They loved it. They were like... I mean, where can you glass blow? Yeah, in New Jersey. exactly. They're like, it's so you hot You go to Asbury. There. Yeah. Is but, it hot in there? Have you been uh, in there? It's so hot in there. But no, but it's a cool place. I mean, and <laughs> actually... like I'm in Italy. They were on the boardwalk, and I remember going there yeah. in like for like summer camp for one trip, I think back uh -huh. in like fifth grade or something, and we made... I still have it. It's like a little orb. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Great. So what type of communities and organizations are in the town that people should know about? Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of great resources for people in the community. Mm -hmm. um, you have Garden State Equality, which offers a lot of things um, from, you know, a lot of um, health standpoint to a housing standpoint, a lot of resources there. But there's just a few that come to mind. And okay. you know. How do you see the community progressing over the course of the next 10 years? I don't know. I think it's a good question because I think it'll definitely still be there. Like I said, it's always been a really pinnacle part of the city itself. So I don't f foresee that going anywhere. Um, a lot of people are coming from Ocean Grove, actually, and going to Asbury Park, okay. whereas Ocean Grove was, because it's run by the Methodist Church, it's always right. also had a big community as well. Right. Um, but a lot of people are now coming over here and sort of buying as either um, replacement homes, so selling a place in Ocean Grove or renting a place out in Ocean Grove and moving to Asbury, um, and vice versa. So, it, I mean, Ocean Grove and Asbury have a very strong commitment to that community, and it's actually very cohesive in the sense that there's really little division um, yeah. other than the fact that Ocean Grove is a dry town. But other than that, it, there's <laughs> That not, works for you. Yeah, it works for me. But um, there's not much division in terms of, you know, you can cross right over the lake. Yeah. I know back in the day, Ocean Grove used to close on Sundays. They had the gates okay. that shut down and you couldn't even drive through the streets on Sundays and you had to park outside. It was crazy. That's why they have the gates in the front of it yeah. when you're entering in. Okay. Yeah, so, and they still close the one gate on the on Lake Ave um, by the beer garden. They still close that gate, I think, at like 10 o'clock. Just night. a tidbit of information. And they're right next to each other. Yeah. They're both beautiful. Just a tidbit of information. When you're purchasing a home in Ocean Grove, all those properties are on land leases. Yeah, you never it's like ninety nine year. Yeah, ninety nine year land lease. Where yeah. in Asbury, that's not the case. Yeah, which is great. The land you know, you kind of own everything, which is great. Sure. Where do you think there's some additional improvements that can be made, both from a town standpoint and from a social standpoint? I think from a town standpoint, like I said, getting on the west side more so and mm. the southwest section specifically and getting in there and really sort of making a stab at that and revitalizing that would be really, really um, integral to sort of building the city as a whole. Because, you know, there are three quarters of the way there, I would say. I right. think there's a lot of it that's there. And then that one missing piece is that southwest section sure. that hasn't necessarily seen that revitalization as of yet. And then from a social standpoint, I think there's a, they're doing a great job at, like I said, inclusivity. Um, there's always going to be sort of someone who doesn't feel included. Um, and I think the pricing inequality would be the biggest I thing from a so. social, you know, social aspect. A lot of people are getting priced out, which is sad. And the rents are going a lot higher, but from a standpoint of, you know, it, it's a city that is based on tourism for the most part. So, sure. you know, those rates for hotels are, you know, getting more expensive and that just kind of comes with the territory. Um, there's actually also a really nice place opening soon, um, St. Laurent Club. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I was reading about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So that's like down the street from me. Okay. I was toying with the idea of 
of sort of joining there. Um, but I'm, I haven't made my decision yet. But that's going to be really cool. And that was historically the Tides Hotel, Hotel Tides. Mm. And that was also a really big uh, LGBT. So that's going to be like a country club, let's call it, yeah, for lack of a better way to yeah, put it. For, right. Yeah, okay. for lack of a Membership term. fee. Yeah, okay. exactly. And they have a pool. Got and, you know, so that'll be cool. But like, you know, Silver Rooms, I was talking to a friend there and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, like they're going to have like seven fifty a night for hotel rooms, which doesn't sound uh, yeah you say that but at the same time it's like that broken down it's not that bad considering the asbury ocean club it's like over eleven hundred dollars a night and then you look at a summer rental because summer rentals have always been lucrative here for a summer rental for a two-bedroom you're looking at probably thirty three thirty thousand dollars for the for the summer so right. when you break it down it's really not that bad do they rent a lot of them by the week or um, they airbnbs like no, so Asbury, and every town is a little different sure. than sort of the stipulations. I know Seaside Heights, you can rent sort of daily um, right. or, you know, every four, three, two days, whatever. Um, Asbury is weekly. You have to do at least a week. Um, Got it. Long Branch, I know you have to do at least a month, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. I think they're 30 days. Well, I know no, a lot actually, of areas no, are... there might be a weekly one there too. A lot of areas are cracking down on the Airbnb. Yeah, because I think rental. they don't want necessarily the transientness of it. Um, right. I think they want to build a place where people feel as though if they buy there, they can you know, have it as a community within, within without the LGBT community, but just a community as a whole. Sure. I think a lot of people feel, the city feels they want to have that inclusivity as well. And just feel people are welcome and it feels like a home and it doesn't feel like sort of a hotel suitcase city. Sure. And I think that's what they don't want. It's because even though they historically have been based on tourism, I think because it's a year round city, it does feel as though it's more sustainable as a, as a regular sense. you know, annual city versus something that's just sort of seasonal. Um, so that's important. It makes sense. So I, you know, I love eating in Asbury Park. Yeah. My favorite place is that little taco place that they have. Mogo? At Mogo. Yeah, Mogo. Mogo. It's fantastic. Like two days ago. Oh, yeah. they're great. great. Uh, what are some of the best places to eat there? Um, big fan of Robinson Ale House. My yeah. boyfriend is gluten-free, so we definitely uh, in we find places that sort of have that aspect as well. Um, what else is great? I'm going to say about that place, if you are a meat eater, they do have a prime rib sandwich that's off menu. Oh, so you good. have to ask. The meatloaf is actually amazing. Yeah. I, I always get the meatloaf whenever I'm there. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm just a big fan of meatloaf. Uh, Kim Marie's, which is actually owned by the same owner as Johnny Max. They're okay. on uh, Kingsley Ave. And they sort of have like a really eclectic style aesthetic to the building, but okay. also good food, you know, good drinks if you're into that. It's awesome. Uh, what else? Let's see. The Asbury Ocean Club has great food. They don't have a dedicated restaurant, but they have sort of like the hotel side has a bar that serves food. And, you know, they have tuna tartare and it's more fancy, but it's, it's sure. a good place, too. Um, there's a few places. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't even. Black Swan is a great place. Asbury Ale House. Um, Bonnie Reed is great yeah. for seafood. So basically so, everywhere. Everywhere, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, Sail <laughs> come, Marina. Come listen to music, eat, get a tattoo, whatever, kinda, whatever works I for mean, you. I think that's the greatest vibe you can have, right? <laughs> I mean, totally. to be, especially in the summer months, I mean, the fact that you're so yeah. accessible and walkable, you, the nice thing about it is you park and you can walk pretty much anywhere you want to. And they have yeah. those amazing scooters that I utilize a lot. 
Um, there's actually a place to walk up that my boyfriend and I really like. It's called Pasta Vola. Okay. And they make homemade pasta and homemade sauce. And it's almost set up like a Jersey Mike's where you just kind of do it all a la carte via an iPad. Uh-huh. It's amazing. I mean, and it's cheap. It's like 11 bucks for like a full Chinese container. How of do you pasta. go wrong? Exactly. How can you? <laughs> you know, so we'll do that. We'll scoot back to our place and, uh, you know, have dinner. So you can't, you can't have it any better than that. That's great, Andre. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one piece of advice that you would give someone moving to that area? Um, I would give them just explore, um, explore everything, even the surrounding towns, Ocean Grove, you know, Bradley Beach. It's all a great area. I mean, Asbury has that, like I said, that cohesive piece of it to Cookman where, you know, you're able to really get in there and kind of have everything at your fingertips. But um, exploring and then also just get to meet people. The community itself, outside of, like I said, even the LGBT community, Mm is so welcoming and so wonderful that, you know, there's people who have been there for 30, 40, 50 years that have lived there for so long, and they're so welcoming to new people. And, you know, have the insight as far as the city and how it's changed. Look up the history. The history, if you're a history buff, is so amazing um, from a cultural and from an architectural standpoint. I mean, there's a lot of things in there that really... um, you know, you're like, wow, I didn't know that. And it's a lot of like fun facts. You know, and it is really an electric vibe. And I said this earlier, it's kind of an intangible vibe. You're there. It's, it's just a little bit electric. Yeah. Right. It it is. And it's the diversity, it's the food, it's the drinks, it's everything there. And the walking around is really tremendous place to go to live and visit. Yeah. I had a, my aunt was here with her friend um, and they're from North Jersey, but they were saying, they're like, it's kind of like a blend of like Morristown meets Red Bank meets like Bushwick, Brooklyn meets like Williamsburg. <laughs> right. It has a little bit of everything. That's great. That's actually a really great analogy because that's kind of what it's like. Yeah. It's very trendy, I guess, for lack of a better yeah. term. But I hope it stays that way. I do. I mean, I think it will. So, Andre, if someone needed to reach out to you to get more information on the Asbury Park community, the LGBTQ community, the community as a whole, real estate, what's the best way to connect with you um my instagram is a great way to connect with me i'm i'd stay pretty common on there um my instagram handle it's just instagram andre sells new jersey um but i'm also licensed in new york so i can always help with that as well and i'm sort of all around all encompassing in new jersey i do work throughout pretty much all the counties up north and uh central but you know you could reach me at my email andre distefano at kw.com and uh, Facebook, I'm on, on there, Andre Leonardo DiStefano. So there's, you know, multitude of ways that I can be communicated with. And give us the Insta handle one more time. Andre Sills, New Jersey. Andre, thank you so much for taking the time Thanks to be for here today. Me. It's been a pleasure. It's been great. And we want to thank you, everybody out there. Greg Wareham, Your Mortgage Process. Again, Andre DiStefano that we had today as our guest. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll look forward to catching up with you next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process, hosted by Greg Wareham, produced by Greg Wareham and Nick Pavise at The Social Rift, and executively produced by The Social Rift. Thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to catching up with you next week.